Now, I read some scriptures to you a couple weeks ago, 1 Corinthians 2, 12, that you've not received the spirit of the world. John 17, 6 to 16, that Jesus said, I don't want you to take them out of the world, Father. Keep them in there, but protect them. Amen. And that we're separated from the world through the word. So if you're not in the word, you're going to start looking like the world. The word of God separates you. Then James 4, 4, that friendship is with the world is an enemy with God. That doesn't mean you can't have a friend. It means you can't love the way the world does things. Because their way is not God's way. I'm doing this, saying these again for a reason. John 15, 18 to 20 says that, uh, that, that we're not of the world, but we've been chosen to, to be in the world, but not of it. That's in John 15, 18 to 20. First John 5, 18 says that we're born of God and that we are to keep ourselves so the wicked one, who is the world system they follow after the wicked one, would not be able to touch us. It says that we sit in light and they sit in darkness. We're not in the world, but not of it. It says uh, in 1 John 2, 15 to 17, don't love the world or the things of the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. We got to talk about this stuff, my wife, Jennifer, because the world's trying to make everybody act like them and talk like them and have sex like them. Do you understand what I'm saying? And get confused like them and be treacherous like them. You just read in Timothy all the attributes of the world in the last days, brutal, Brutal, uh, vicious, disloyal, violent, slanderers, gossipers, sex sex mongers. I mean, you just read it. That's the world. I'm not part of that. They surround me, but I ain't part of them. And they surround you, but you're not part of them. That's why I'm rehearsing this because God said, I want you to emphasize this. Uh, Romans 12, 2, I already quoted it. Don't be conformed, but be transformed by the ring. First John 4, 4, you've got the greater one in you than the world system. So you don't need to conform because a greater one and James 1 27, these are not uh, exhaustive lists, but just a few keep yourself unspotted from the world. And I said last week that our speech is the primary thing more than even actions. Our actions are included, but our speech is the most obvious thing that separates us from people that are in the world. How you talk should be different. Are you listening to me? If you talk like God, you are going to stand out. The question is, are you okay to stand out? This is the big dilemma. Are you okay to stand out? Because when you stand out, you're going to have two responses. People are either going to not like you. That's why Jesus said, if you love the father, the world will hate you. But others that are looking for something more in their life. And not everybody is. But others that are looking for something more. They feel that void. They feel that emptiness. They feel that alone. They, and they look at you and there's something different about you. Those people uh, may not understand you, but they will be drawn to you and they will want to know what's different about you. You're going to face two responses. Unfortunately, in today's society, the majority of sponsors are of the former where they will probably not like you or not see eye to eye. But there are always, and it's worth it, even if it's one out of a hundred for that one that says in secret or public to you, I, I, I don't know what it is about you, but I want to know what, I, there's something different about you. And I'm looking for something different in my life. My life's not going the way I thought it would go. It's not going the way I want it to go. And I know that I need something more. And I don't know what you've got, but I know something in me is like a magnet is drawn to you. Do you understand? That's what we're looking for. Those are the opportunities, whether they say it or whether you go up to them to share the gospel and to win souls to Jesus and to get them in a local church so that they can be discipled. Because we're not looking for converts. We're looking for disciples. When people give their heart to the Lord, if you don't plug them in this church, because most churches are not teaching what we teach, if they don't get settled and grounded, 
They're going to flounder. They're going to founder. What is the word? Flounder. And they're going to stumble. And they're going to have. They've got to be under the word. Otherwise, the world will just suck them back in. The word separates us, John 17. So, praise God, our speech will separate us from the world system. John 6, 63, Jesus said, my words are spirit and life. He wasn't just talking about tongues because he didn't pray in tongues. He was talking about his known language words were spirit and life. So, what we speak are supposed to be life words. They speak death words. We're supposed to speak spirit words out of our hearts, not just mental words out of our mental ascent. Our words separate us. If, if, and I'm going to keep going on this now. I want to I share this with you because I think it's important that we remember this, is that there is a pressure on you as a believer in this society to blend. There is a great pressure today for people to blend. Are you listening to me? And the devil wants you to blend. And this is not a new tactic. People have been going through this for thousands of years that love God. And so I want you quickly, just very briefly, to read with me uh, in, in Numbers chapter 13. Could you turn there with me? Numbers chapter 13. This is a famous story, but it, it illustrates the point well. Numbers chapter 13. Praise the Lord. And you, you know, I don't have to read you all the scriptures because you know most of them anyway about how they, they uh, Caleb and Joshua, you know, they wanted to take the land. And uh, the, other, the other people with them didn't want to take the land. And, uh, and it says, uh, <clears throat> let's have a look in verse 26. And they went and came to Moses, the, the, the 12 spies, to one from each tribe, and to Aaron, and to all the congregation of the children of Israel, verses Numbers 13 and 26, under the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation, and showed them the fruit of the land. And they said the grapes, man, were the size of football, um, the size of baseballs. I mean, just astonishing. The, the, the wealth and the way the land would produce was nothing the Israelites had ever seen before because it's a land flowing with milk and honey. And God said, I want you to have that. You're my covenant people. They're not. Do you understand that? And they told them and said, we came into the land, verse 27, whither thou sent us and surely it flowed with milk and honey. So they acknowledged the goodness and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, or in modern vernacular, but it's the buts that kill you. I didn't say your butt killed you. I said, it's the butts that kill you. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. And the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. That's the giants. And the Amalekites dwell in this land of the south. And the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb, you see, now you see what, see, see what, see what people that don't, these people want to blend. They're acknowledging that God has led them into a good place. So just because you acknowledge that God's good means nothing. Are you listening to me? God's good all the time. All the time, God is good. Well, that's true, but most people just say it out of a mental rehearsal and they don't know what they're talking about. Because just because you say that God is good and just because you say that the covenant is good and just because you say that it's good to be saved is not enough. Because these jerks said the same thing and they were about to lead an entire nation into the ditch. I've got to talk to you as your pastor because I hear a lot of people saying, oh, in a religious way, oh, God's good. Oh, yeah, so wonderful to be saved. But they don't really mean it and they don't really believe it because in the next sentence, it's but. 
But the doctor said, but the report came back on my, on my job and on my mortgage and they're going to foreclose. But God's good, but that's not faith. Because the sinner always is talking about the negatives. Always telling you you can't make it. But God is trying to tell you, uh, I got good stuff for you. Don't just acknowledge the good. Release your faith that the good will actually come to you. But the good to come to you means you're going to have to step out of a comfort zone, out of what you feel safe with. You're going to have to trust me. In their case, trust me with your very life that when you go up in battle to these people, I, my angels will go before you and I'll strike them down and you'll take their homes. Do you understand? This is the Old Testament. Now, in the New Testament, we're in a different dispensation. God doesn't have us kick people out of their homes. But what I'm saying, that was a different time, and there was different graces on them at that time. This is a dispensation of love and a dispensation of mercy. That was a dispensation of judgment and land conquest. It's the same God. He has multiple sides to him. He's not just, you can't put him in a box. He's a diamond. You, you look at God from every angle, and you'll see a different side of him. And this dispensation we're in does not have the violence or that, but in the realm of the spirit, see, we're in the spirit, we're we're doing this in the spirit realm, not the natural. We're not pushing people out, but we are claiming that God will bless us and increase us and heal us and help us and deliver us. You know what I mean? Some of our enemies are viruses and other of our enemies are demons and other of our enemies are yes people, but we're not hurting them. We're believing God to help us and for, to remove them. Do you see the difference? I have to say that because there's people watching, there's people that are new and I don't know what they may think. And I'm not saying God's into kicking people out of their homes. Or I'm not, it's a, this is a symbol and a shadow and a type. Are you with me? I want you to notice, Taylor, they didn't just acknowledge goodness. People of faith, people that don't blend, people that talk like God talks. Are you listening? People, listen now, that have a different spirit. You are looking at a person that has a different spirit. I know I do because I I know I'm not stupid. I can tell I do. But those around me can tell and sinners tell me. You're the craziest person I've ever met. There's a different spirit about me. That's the spirit of faith. You find that in 2 Corinthians. That's the spirit of faith. Spirit of faith is not just believing God. It's believing God with an attitude. It's believing God. There's, a, there's, an, there's an X factor about the spirit of faith. It's not just the mechanics of how to believe God, which you need to learn, but it's the attitude. It's the boldness. It's the life that comes out of you. It's the lion that comes out of you when you believe God. And I'm so tired. The Holy Ghost showed me, Jenny. He said, many of my people today are doing the same thing as Numbers 13. They'll tell me that I'm good, but then there's a but. They acknowledge my goodness, but they won't walk in faith. They won't talk like me. They won't act like me. They won't think like me. They won't take the land. They want to go back to bondage. People that are spirit and word people, they don't just acknowledge the good. They pursue the good. But Greg, the majority don't do it. You look at how many churches are around today. You will see that these statistics and percentages, 10 verses 2, are the same. There are far less that are actually... You look at Gideon's, 30,000 down to 300. 
They all said God was good, but only 300 out of 30,000 were willing to risk their life and, and walk in faith and talk like God, think like God, act like God. Amen. The rest just verbalized it, but in their heart, they didn't really believe. I don't want to stand before Jesus and him say, you were like the 10, son. You said I was good, but you didn't, you didn't take anything. I wanted you to have it. Instead, you led your whole church. Are you listening? You led your whole church wandering around the wilderness. Wandering around the wilderness. My God. And Caleb still, let me just read, let me just look to say this before I say that. It matters, you know this already, but I'm saying it again. Because I heard the Holy Ghost say it when I was writing the sermon. It matters what church you're in. It matters what leaders you have. It matters who's leading you. It matters what the leader believes who's leading you. Because what they believe, you will, you will end up believing to a measure. Where they lead you, you will go to a measure. Jesus said that the hypocrites, the Pharisees are like blind leading the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, they both fall into the ditch. Did you notice he said the leader first? He didn't say the people. So the people weren't blind when they picked the wrong leader. But because they picked the wrong leader and the leader was blinded to the way God sees things. And they acted like the 10. Most pastors today act like the 10 spies. They don't act like the two. That spirit of faith is almost lost. That's, that's a serious thing, but it is. It's true. And so when you pick a leader who's blind, you turn blind. Because the, what they are saying, you're going to, to a measure, you're going to believe it. And you're going you're gonna, you're gonna to swallow it. Like people go and, the, and these churches, they, they, the guys sleep. I mean, you know how many churches I've heard? I don't even talk about a public as a depressed people. You know how many churches, especially these secret sensitive churches? I mean, it's an epidemic. Almost every single pastor that I hear about, especially the big ones, they're sleeping with the secretary. They're sleeping with, with people in the, in the youth group. There's sexual allegations coming out of the wazoo on big ones, Hillsong ones, other ones. It's, it's a shame. It's a shame. I'm not attacking them, but I'm saying it's a shame. It's a reproach to the name of Jesus. It is. And what they're doing is that people that are following those leaders are so blind because the leaders are blind. And because the people don't, you can tell if somebody's got light or not. If when the pastor is sexually in immorality and gets up and says, I can pretty much do what I want. And the people sh keep showing up the next Sunday instead of leaving that and saying, no, I'm not following somebody that's living in sin. I'll go find another church. But very few things change in their attendance, which shows me the leaders are blind and the people following them are blind. That's why they just keep following. They just keep following. You follow me, Paul says, as I follow Christ, but I've got to be following Christ. If, if, you're, if you're an unrepentant, I didn't say repentant, but unrepentant sin and debauchery and money, money inappropriate stuff and sexual inappropriate stuff and false doctrine, you shouldn't be following that. Because if you are, you're blind. The blind lead the blind. The, but the ones that were following weren't blind to begin with. They became blind because they blindly followed. And what did he say? They wound up in a ditch. You don't want to wind up in a ditch. You want to enter into the promised land. So it matters. I'm telling you. I don't know why the Holy Ghost, because most people in our church know this, but I heard him say, say it strong. 
So I don't know if some of you are being buffeted in your mind or being attacked or the devil trying to get you offended or separate you, but I'm telling you, it matters. It matters what your leader believes. You don't pick a leader because of the color of your skin. You look at our church, we've got 40 nationalities in here, or we used to, we're probably in around the high 30s now. But uh, if you, you can tell that people don't pick this church because of the color of my skin or the color of your skin. Because the pigmentation layer between Nigel, Nigel, come here. Because I love Nigel's beautiful dark skin. And the pigmentation layer between this and this medically scientifically is one sixteenth of an inch of that skin layer one sixteenth which is six percent is different the rest of us everything about us is exactly the same so we're killing people and we're rioting and we're having violence over six percent difference no we're not different we're the same do you understand but you see, you go, you go, you follow a pastor that's got some racial issues. You, you're going to get into a ditch. You follow a pastor that wants to talk all about God is good, but then is the nevertheless. But well, I don't really know about healing. Well, well, I don't really know about this. And well, I think you can just do whatever you want. You see, what they're saying is, no, we just like it the old way, the the bondage way, the the Egypt way, and we don't really want to step out in faith. I mean, like, don't get crazy with this thing. Yes, we don't mind saying God is good. And the land is good, but please don't ask us to do anything more. Don't ask us to stretch. Don't ask us to risk our life. Don't ask us to believe. If you think that way, you're one of the 10 and you don't want to be one of the 10 because the 10 died in the wilderness. In fact, the 10 died. God struck him dead right there. If you read the Bible, God didn't even wait for those 10 to die in the wilderness. God, the Bible says the fire of God came down and killed them in front of Moses because of their words. I'm telling you, he don't kill us today, but you can open a door and have problems in your life. Don't be one of the 10. That's why it matters that you're in a church where I'm not leading you into ditches. And what I'm not perfect, far from it. You just ask Jenny, far from it. But what I do know and what I am submitted to, that's why Pastor Nancy's coming. Because I believe in layers of responsibility. It is not just on me. It is on her. And she checks on me and she listens to me. I'm talking about to my preaching. And I begged her, begged, begged, begged. I got down and pleaded. Mama, please, we haven't had you in four years. Please preach Sunday morning. And she said, no, that anointing on me is different. And I don't want to get into that pastoral flow. I've got to stay in that prophet's office. And she said, I want you to preach. I said, nobody wants to hear me. Everybody wants to hear you. And she said, I want to hear you. That made me scared. That, that, that sound, that made me scared. Oh my God. Oh my God. Because uh, she don't just not when she's just with me, but other times she checks on me. She checks on my doctrine. She makes it. That's called layering. That's called divine order. That's called, I'm not, a, I'm not an island unto myself. That's how people get in trouble. When there's no accountability, when there's no transparency, and then nobody speaks into that pastor's life. Then they think they can do whatever they want, however they want, whenever they want, and they don't even realize they're blind and they're leading people into a ditch. In order for us to stay right, we've got to have accountability above us. And we've set this church up like that. Pastor Nancy, Brother Randy, and Brother Jerry, correct me, speak into my life. And I'm telling you, I don't tell you half the things that they say to me, but they correct me and they speak into my life and they keep me safe and they help me. And you should be happy about that because it means that you're safe. We're all safe 
because I follow them as they follow Christ. You follow me as I follow Christ. But I'm not going to follow some blind leader who don't see it God's way, who don't think it God's way, and who don't say it God's way. I want to follow one of the two. I want to follow a Caleb and Joshua because I'm going to get into the plan of God for my life if I follow a Caleb and Joshua. If I follow those other fools, I'm going to die on the wayside. And I want our church to get into the plan of God corporately and individually for your life. I want you to be blessed. If he's called you to have a business for it to prosper, if he's called it not to have a business for you still to prosper, for you to be healthy and strong and mentally sound right through until you pass on. I talk about Willie a lot because she inspires me at 80 years old. Stand on up, Caleb. Just one more time. She's 80 years old, but she is strong and healthy. She's got the spirit of faith about her. She's she's not blind and she's not following a blind leader. She's going to go into her golden years strong and full of life. Just like Caleb at 85, he said, my eye is not dim. That means no glasses. Not that they had him anyway, but he, no glasses. My strength is not abated. I have the same power, the same strength at 85 as I had at 40. Well able to take the land. So Josh, because Josh was younger than him. Joshua, give me that mountain. But brother, you're 85. I I told you, I'm a man of war. That's the spirit of faith. That'll keep you. I've I've served you for 45 years. It's my time now. Give me that mountain. There's giants there, brother. And you've got a long white beard. Just give it to me. And then you you see Caleb running. And that beard is in the wind. And those 12-foot giants are looking at him and saying, come over here. There's an old guy running toward us. My God, I'm starting to get scared just because he's not scared. And he scaled those walls. And he killed every one of them with his, with his family. And he claimed Hebron for the kingdom. See, that's somebody that didn't die in the wilderness. That's somebody that didn't go in the ditch. That's somebody that followed Joshua who could see And Joshua led him, because he had the spirit of faith, and so did Caleb, into the promised land for their life. And I'm telling you, listen to me, because I'm saying this by the spirit. I heard the Holy Ghost speak to me a second ago. Some of you are saying, when am I going to enter into that good place and that that increased place and that enlarged place? Well, uh, Caleb, it took him 85 years. Not everything happens on your timetable. Not everything happens as fast as you'd like. I'm sure Caleb would have liked to step in a lot earlier. But he was faithful and he did not quit. And he kept the spirit of faith and kept serving his leader. And 85 years it took, but payday don't always come. Dad, dad, dad Dufresne said, but it, it doesn't come every day, but it always comes. It took him 85 years to get his payday, but he got it. Amen. If you'll stop looking at your, your calendar and your clock and your body. Because remember, Abraham didn't consider his body. He, he praised God, was strong in faith, giving glory to... He didn't look at that he couldn't have a baby. He just said, Lord, I'm going to call those things that be not as though they are. You said I'm going to have a baby. I thank you that I have a baby. See, it matters what you look at. So don't look at your age. Don't look at your body. Don't look at your clock or your calendar. You stay faithful. And you keep following a leader that's got divine sight. I don't care if it takes you till 90 years old. You will enter into your promise. You will get all that God has for you. All that he has for you. But it matters who you're following. It matters, Jenny. It matters who people follow. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm not following 10 fools that acknowledge God's goodness, but then walk in doubt and unbelief. I'm not, I'm not like that. 
if you're in this church and if you're faithful, uh, just stay put. Just be faithful. Yes. Don't quit so quick. Have some fight in you. Yeah. The devil don't want you in a faith church. He don't want you in a church that teaches. He wants everybody to be like the 10. They don't threaten him. They want to go back to bondage. He wants people. What is bondage? What does Egypt represent? It represents the life before Christ. It represents when you were a sinner. A lot of people can talk about God's goodness, but they really long to live like a sinner. They want to go back to their sexual ways and their this way and that way and just living for themselves. Don't care about nothing about God's kingdom. Just want to live for themselves. That's what they wanted. The 10 that were blind wanted to go back and live in Egypt. What does Egypt represent? It represents that old life of bondage before you came into freedom. For us, that represents the lost experience. And I'm telling you, Jenny, there's Christians today that they actually would rather live like a sinner because it doesn't require anything of them because they can live however they want, whatever they want. They can do whatever they want. And their carnality and their flesh longs to be the boss. And when you're, when you're like me, you're not the boss. You're bought with the price. He is the boss. You follow him and you're led by his spirit. And those kind of people that love that sinner way, that's why I'm reading you verses, we're in the world, but we're not of it. The ones that want that, that's, it's connected here. The ones that want that old carnal life, they are going to speak wrong. They're going to follow blind leaders and they're going to be blind leaders themselves and they're going to lead you into a ditch. I don't want the old life. I want the promised land. I want the plan of God. I want to fulfill what he called me to do. That's what I want. That's what I want. I'm, I'm, I'm not yelling at you. I'm just passionate. I'm aggressive because I'm passionate. I want you to want this. I want the plan for my future. I don't want the old Egypt. I don't want the way I was before I knew Jesus. I want the plan of God. And because of that, I'm going to follow leaders with sight. And I'm going to have sight. And the ones following me are going to have sight. And we're going to see it. We're going to avoid the ditches. And we're going to walk in to the promised land of flowing with milk and honey. It matters the leader that you have. Are you with me? It matters the church. It matters the friends that you associate with. Because if all your friends are a cussing every third word. And talking about their sexual conquest and telling you the fear of the economy and this and that. If that's all you've got bombarding you, how can we compete with that with two services a week? Of which most of you don't even come to the one. Don't you tell me God's good if you're not going to have the faith walk to back it up. Because you're as good as those ten that wanted to go back and be sinners. You hear people on the, on the shows and, oh, is God bless you this and, oh, isn't God good? And I'm looking at them and I'm saying, what are you doing? Yeah. You don't know nothing about God. Yeah. You're a devil. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Tell it. Hear Beyonce say, God is good. She's demon possessed. She's filthy. She's leading a generation into ungodliness. Yeah. What right does she have to say God is good? Right. She don't know nothing about God. Her father is the devil. Unless she repents and gets born again, she's going to go live with him. And yet our young people look to her as some great role model. No, my role models aren't those devils. My role models are the ones, they are the ten. My role models is the Joshua and Caleb. Don't just tell me God's good. You live it. 
I don't know why I'm talking about this today because that anointing took me off my notes. Holy Ghost, I don't even like notes. You just violate the notes as much as you want because I'd rather speak out of my spirit with the anointing and have it touch your heart than just stick to some notes and have it dry. I'm not a blind leader. I may not be the prettiest. I mean, Jenny says I am, but, but Taylor corrects that every week. I may not be the prettiest like Taylor. I may not be the sweetest personality like Greg. I may not have the physique of Pastor Happy. I mean, just look at him. I mean, just like a GQ model. I can't believe it. I have a lot of issues just like you do. I'm a human just like you. But I'm telling you, I've made a decision and I will give my life for this decision. I will die before I follow the 10. Because the 10 have got nothing for me. The 10 want to go back to the way I used, the way that the sinner lives. The 10 don't want to go into the plan of God. They want to go backwards. The 10 claim God is good, but they don't have any faith about them. They don't have any courage. They've got, they've got a pussycat on the inside instead of a lion. No, I've made a decision. If you want to hang out with me, it's going to get on you. Listen, I'm warning you. You want to follow the 10? Just be careful. Because you keep coming to church, you're like Dad Hagen said, you just play along the bank, you pl- just play along the bank, you're going to slip in eventually. You just play along with me, I'm going to get you. That anointing's going to get you. And you're going to find yourself, my God, something's different about me. I just, I got a wildness to me. I got a boldness to me. I, I, I don't want to go in the dish. I don't want to go backward. I want to fulfill the plan of God for my life. I want a Joshua and Caleb in front of me because they can see and they talk like God. And they sound like God. Thank God I've got a pastor that talks like God and sounds like God. Thank God we've got a pastor that talks like God and sounds like God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise God. Now, let's see what the one that sounds like God, let's see what it sounds like. And Caleb, oh my God. Caleb stilled the people. Hush now. Hush now. Sometimes you've got to tell people to be quiet because the ten are talking too much. Hush now. Hush now. Let us go up. Don't go back. Go forward. Let us go up at once (laughs) and possess this land. For we are well able, well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, we are not able to go up against these people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel. Evil. Notice when you talk, God calls it evil. When you start talking down in unbelief, God says it's evil. The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants. In other words, we're going to be destroyed. They're, Pastor, if you get a new building, you're going you're to destroy us. We can't afford a new building. We don't want to keep giving. Pastor, we can't grow as a church. We, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't plant churches all over the world. You're asking too much of us. Yeah, you're sounding just like the tent. Instead of saying, Lord, what's my supply? What's my part? I won't do more than my part can handle. I'm not going to ruin my life over this, but I just want to follow you. Because if I'm, if I'm getting involved, it means you're trying to open a door for my future. Eats up the inhabitants, verse 32. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And notice the exaggeration. They're a bunch of liars. Did you notice before? They said some of the people were the children of the giants. Now what they're saying is all the people. You see, when you want to convince somebody, you'll just lie. Some of them are difficult. 
But then you got a faith person saying, shut up, let's go. Now you got to up the ante. No, no, all of them are difficult. You see that? They're, they're exaggerating. And now watch the way they see themselves. And there we saw the giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants. Watch. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. The way you see yourself. The way you see yourself is going to determine if you're of the ten or of the two. I don't look at myself through my, I'm, if I looked at myself through my own ability and my own greatness, I would think I'm a grasshopper too. So don't get, don't, get, don't get me wrong. We're not talking about you being proud. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm all that. No. no, that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about you thinking you're great. Yeah. Are you listening to me? Because yeah. people accuse me, well, you're arrogant. Oh, you, you know how many times I've heard that. And I, and I just take a step forward. Bring it. Let's talk about this. Come on closer to me. Put your nose on my nose and we'll talk about this. I have no time for that nonsense. You're arrogant. No, 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 no. I don't think for a second that I'm great. I know to the contrary, and my wife reminds me frequently. Because we got to stay humble. we got to stay right-hearted. I don't think I'm great. I think I know who I am in him. And because he is so great, he has made me have the potential of being great. Now watch what they did. Watch what the people that don't have light, leading people into a ditch. Remember, these 10 led them into the wilderness and they died there. Only Joshua and Caleb survived that 40 years and then led them into the plan of God. So the ones that have no light, that don't speak right, don't think right, go knack right. Notice what they're saying. They're acknowledging God's goodness, but they've got no faith attached to it. They're now exaggerating and complaining about the problems that they're facing. Do you see that? And now they see themselves as nothing. Do you know why? Because they're not, they are covenant people, but they are completely ignorant of their covenant. Do you understand? That's why they talk that way, because they didn't see themselves. I am in God and God is in, now he's not in me, but at that time he was on them. But they were still covenant people. Are you with me? These people don't recognize that because of God, they're able. They're looking at me. I am not able. Let's go back to Egypt. But what the two said is, we are not able because of us. We are able because of him. Put your eye on him. Ten, the ten looked at us. If you look at you, you'll want to be a sinner again. If you look at you, you'll talk wrong. If you look at you, you'll never fulfill the plan. Because Sandy, you don't have the ability by yourself and neither do I to fulfill the plan. So I am not arrogant thinking I'm great. I know I'm not. And Caleb and Joshua knew they weren't. The difference was the 10 looked at us and Joshua and Caleb looked at us in him. He is the great God, Jehovah. He has angels that will go before us. He can anoint us to overcome all obstacles. Because of him, we're in covenant with him. Let us go up at once. You see, covenant people talk. They talk the spirit of faith. They talk the spirit of faith. I'm a covenant person. I have such a revelation. God is giving me such a revelation of this covenant. You don't understand. I can't go down. I can't fail. 
God said to me one day, he said, because you're in covenant, I will never let your church fail. I don't care how many get offended and leave, I'll replace them. If you leave, you're the only one that loses. Because I'm going to be here when the rapture horn sounds. If you want to be with me, that's up to you because I'm going into the promised land. I'm going to be here. I can't fail. This work cannot fail because not because I'm great, but because I've got revelation of my divine covenant with the almighty God. And as long as I stay with him and talk like him and walk like him and think like him, he will cause us to prosper. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not the 10, you're not the 10, and we're not going in the ditch together. We're going into the plan of God together. But you got to see yourself right. We are grasshoppers. We're nothing. You know how religious that sounds? How false, false humility. Oh, I'm just a worm. Oh, I'm just a little grasshopper. Shut up! You and your stupid worm nonsense grasshopper. Anyway, I'm not allowed to cuss at church. Hallelujah. It's not really a cuss word, but my wife will beat my ears if I say it. No, 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 Jenny. No, no, I'm, I'm great because of him. I'm not great because of Craig. I'm not great because of me. I gotta, my sweet Jesus. I gotta, oh God of mercy. Okay. And now the next one. And the congregation, verse 4, chapter 14, and all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried and the people wept. I mean, Thank God you don't cry all night when I preach. But when Caleb preached, they had a depression session. Why? Because they don't want faith. Cried all night. The children of Israel murmured against Moses. See, they start talking about their leader. You're getting in trouble. And against Aaron and the whole congregation said to them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt? Would God we had died in the wilderness? And wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword? With our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return? See, they want to go back to the old ways. Not me, brother and sister. There's nothing back there. There's, there's death back there. And they said one to another, let us make a captain. Let us return to Egypt. And Moses and Aaron fell on their face before the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. And Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, they, uh, which were them that, that, rent, that, that searched the land, they rent their clothes. And they spake unto the company of the children of Israel, saying, the land which we pass through to search is exceedingly good. And if the Lord delight in us, in other words, if you talk right, he'll be happy with you. But you're talking like a baby, like a fool. Yeah. Talk right. If the Lord delight in us because of our words, he will bring us into this land and give us a land with flows of milk. Only rebel not. So your words will put you in rebellion. Wanting the old way is rebellion. Wanting the sinner is rebellion. Wanting sexually unrestrained lifestyles is rebellion. Rebel not against the Lord, neither fear the people of the land, for they are bread. I'm talking the spirit of faith, man. They are bread for us. I love that. They are Mr. Sub to us. They're a sandwich for me. Joey, I'm going to eat them. I'm not, they're not talking about cannibalism. He's talking about the symbolic gesture of consuming. And just everywhere they go, they just consume in victory everything that they see. What a What a phrase. This is going to be echoed in heaven for eternity. You know, when you get to heaven, you're going to hear Joshua preach. You're going to hear Caleb preach. And Joshua is going to go, did you read where I said, they are bread for us. And I'm going to be like, they better not take offerings. I just give my whole mansion away. Make my angel build me a better one. Praise God. They are bread for us. Their defense is departed. 
and the Lord is with us. See, the Lord, they keep focusing on the covenant. Fear them not. But the congregation bade to stone them with stones. The best sermon in the world, and we're going to get murdered for it. And the glory of the Lord shows up to defend them. Oh, my Lord. Isn't that amazing? Remember later on, I'm almost done. Remember later on when they do show up 40 years later? Remember Rahab? Now, now Joshua is smarter than Moses. Don't be sending no 12 people out there. Too many, too many opinions. Just let me pick the people with the spirit of faith, handpick them. And only send two. Now you two go. And they come up there in Rahab, the harlot's house. Jesus came out of her seed line. Isn't that amazing? Jesus didn't hold, the, didn't hold it to her account. Even as a promiscuous woman, the blood of Jesus made her so clean that Jesus came out of her loins. I'm telling you, that lets me know no matter what you've done in the past, it don't matter to God. The blood of Jesus will forget. And she said, she said, read it. Where have you been? And they said, what are you talking about? We have been waiting. You read it. We have been waiting for 40 years. 40 years ago, she said, a dread came on our people. And knowing came that we were going to be destroyed. And we have waited in fear for four. God had already prepared the enemy to back down. But those 10 wouldn't trust God and they died. And if they'd listened to the two with faith, leaders with sight, not blind, they would have gone in and those people would have just fallen before them. Because they were already petrified because the fear of God came on them. God can make your enemies afraid. God can make your enemies afraid. Are you listening to me? And go all the way down there now to just one more scripture. Go all the way down. Chapter 14. In verse 24. And he's talking about, verse 23, he's talking about the ten fools. I pity the fool. Surely they shall not see the land which I swore unto their fathers, these ten. Neither shall any of them that provoke me. You don't talk right, you provoke them. Yeah. A, lot of, a lot of instruction about how you talk here. Yeah. The Bible calls it rebellion. The Bible calls it evil. The Bible calls it provoking God. You better watch what you say about your body and your healing. Yeah. You start talking like, well, I don't know if it works. You provoke him. Yeah. Yeah. He paid a heavy price for you. Yeah. Jesus paid a heavy price. He was whipped. He paid a heavy price for your healing. You've got no business saying anything, but thank God I'm healed. Okay, now watch verse 24. But my, but my, God also has a but, and nevertheless. But my servant, these fools gonna die, but my servant. God pays attention to those with the spirit of faith, Pastor Happy, because he has, watch, another Spirit. Another translation, the Hebrew says a different spirit. What is that? Second Corinthians, the spirit of faith. Because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully. See, when you're a person of faith, you'll follow God to the uttermost. You'll fulfill the plan of God. You won't back up. You won't backslide. I will bring him into the land where he went and his seed shall possess it. In other words, not just did the man of faith get the blessing, Joey, but his children did. And his children's children. And it goes all the way down. What you're doing today will affect the next generation. Hallelujah. It matters matters that we have the spirit of faith. It matters that we don't look at ourselves and how great we are, because we're not great. It matters that we look at who God is in us. 
I'll end by saying this. When I was in that India and I was going in that malaria outbreak and I was going six villages a day in 120 degree heat, I was, I mean, I was half the man I was today, physically and literally. And I was also less than half my age and I had lots of strength. But I was exhausted. You go pre, you, you try to do it and see how you handle it. You're sleeping on cement floors with no pillow because <laughs> they don't have anything to give you. And all you've got is some rice and beans and they don't even have protein, just little bits of scraps and water. And I'm preaching six times, seven times a day, village after village in blistering heat, playing hands on literally over the course of a day, thousands of people seeing thousands of healings. I mean, it was a miraculous time and I'm exhausted. One more village. No, Aubrey, go take me back to my floor. One more village. No, God says one more village. Thank God he heard and I didn't. And we see those little eyes in the distance and he gets his gun ready because he thought it might be a tiger. And it's that woman sitting at the gate and she is dying of malaria. She used to be the ex-witch in the village. She would have a fireball that would descend over her house once a year and something in her house died. Her child, her, her bull, her goat, something was a blood sacrifice offered to that demon once a year. The whole village, the whole region was fearful of her. She would curse people. They dropped dead. She was a powerful satanic witch. And then she got, Valbri came and he preached the gospel to her. And he said, I have greater power than yours. And she tested him and she lost. And she got born again and spirit filled and was the only born again person in that village. And everybody was afraid of her. Now they all hate her. Her own husband turned away from her. Her children turned away from her. And she gets the malaria and she's dying. And they wouldn't help her. They wouldn't feed her. They wouldn't do anything because they want her to die. Because when you turn against Hinduism, it's like you're worthy of death. The priest cursed her. And she's lying in her bed, Sandy, dying. And Jesus walks in the hut. <laughs> and he looks at her and he said, he could have healed her right there. But he said, in three days, three pastors and a pastor's wife will come. One of them will lay their hands upon you and I will heal you. Just hold on. God could have done it, but he wanted that to operate through me. And he left. And she lay there dying with 106 fever. She, and on that third day, listen to the honor. She didn't want me to have to walk to her house. She wanted to show honor for my office. Who, she didn't know who I was. She wanted to show honor by being present at the gate. That's astonishing to me. Some people won't even come to church. And she crawled in the hot sun. It took her the whole day with 107 fever and she crawled through the dirt with people mocking her and spitting on her and kicking her. And she crawled all the way from her and I walked it, it's quite a distance. She crawled in the dirt to the gate and they locked the gate, made sure she was on the outside of the gate so the wild animals would kill her. And there's wild animals that will kill you there, believe me. And they locked the gate behind her and she's sitting there looking down the path. She would have died that night for sure, if not by malaria, by the animals. And she's waiting for the three pastors and the pastor's wife to come. And here I'm saying, I'm so tired, take me back. And the man, the man I'm with says, was one more. And we get there and we get out and he runs there because she's the only convert. And he's talking and she's so weak. I remember she was sitting right there, Taylor. 
She's so weak, she can barely speak. Just whispering. And he's got his ear. He can't hear her right. And then he talked to her. And then he puts his ear. And, and then he says, Pastor Craig, she's dying. She's an ex-witch. She's dying. But I said, she's a witch? No, an ex-witch. She's my convert. She's judged Jesus. She's dying. She, she needs help. Jesus told us that somebody in our team would pray for her. And I said, okay, good, pray for her. He says, but you're the leader. Now at that moment, if I think I'm great, she's dead. If I'm proud, prideful, she's dead. If I haven't submitted myself to God, she's dead. But because I know who I am in him. He, I can't heal a fly. He can heal anyone. And I looked at her. I'm, I'll never forget it, Jenny, as long as I live. She looked up with me with those eyes. And I said, I have come. Because of what he said. I said, Jesus has sent me to heal you. But he, the one that does the healing, it will flow through me into you. And I said, I'm going to lay my hands upon you. Are you ready? And she went, I don't know how to say it. So don't be offended, Pastor Happy, because I don't know how to say it. But whispering. And I said, Pastor Aubrey, what did she say? Say it again. She says, don't waste your hand. Just one finger is enough. <laughs> Remember that Syrophoenician woman? I'll just take the crumb. I'll just take the crumb. So I said, I heard the Holy Ghost say, do what she says. So I said, sister, according to your faith, and I put my index finger, and when I touched her forehead, something shot like electricity. I mean, it's probably the strongest, one of the strongest I've ever felt, Jenny. I feel that healing anointing, but this thing shot out of me. That her faith pulled that out of me. And it came out of her. And, a, and when I touched her, her whole body shook like she had been put into an electric circuit. She went, ah! like that. And she, and she instantaneously, I mean, she's dying. You don't understand. She can barely speak. She jumped to her feet. And she starts dancing, screaming. And I'm holding one hand and Aubrey's holding another. And she, we're dancing around the four by four. And I'm weeping and he's weeping. And the other pastors are weeping. And we're praising God. And, she, and now she's strong. I mean, instantaneous healing. That's called a miracle of healing, according to the scriptures. That's by instantaneous, not progression. And now she's speaking strong. And she said to me, Pastor Craig, Jesus sent you. I said, yes, he did, sister. She says, I used to be a witch, but now I'm a believer. I said, great, I've never been a witch, but I'm so happy to meet you. Come with me to my house. I make you food. I said, we're very tired. And Aubrey hit me and he said, don't you say that. You'll offend her. I said, I can't wait for the food. And we went and she sat and she said, this bowl, I would kill the animals for the blood sacrifice to Satan. She said, you eat from this bowl. It, it was a great honor. She said, this knife I use to cut the throats. You use this knife. I'm serious. And I'm holding the bowl and the knife. And she says, this instrument, we would worship the demons and they would come. Would you play it for us now? 
And she's in there making japatis. I'm telling you, she's moving like this, Jenny. She's just, oh, she's just singing under her voice. And I'm just sitting there and I'm crying. And they're all crying. We had a Lebanon pastor with us. He's crying. The pastor's wife, because the pastor got sick, the wife came. She's crying. And she makes us the japatis and the rice. We took about an hour, but we're there. And I'm strumming this little demon instrument. And she says through the translator, but now we worship Jesus with that pastor, Craig. I said, yes, sister. Ling, 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 ling. Lord, we love you. Ling, 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 ling. And I held the sacrificial knife with the sacrificial blood bowl and she peeled it with chapatis and I ate till my heart's content and we wept together and we blessed her and I said, don't you ever doubt it again. Jesus will never let you die. Could I have done that in me? Jesus is great. Craig is little. Jesus is great. John F. Kennedy had a little plaque on his desk that said, Oh Lord, I have a picture of it. Oh Lord, thy sea is so great and my boat is so small. The greatest man, the greatest office in the world had to remind himself constantly, I'm nothing compared to the Lord. He was Catholic, but he at least had some humility. He didn't do everything right. He was prancing around with some blonde girl, I think. But, 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 I'm, but that's not the point. Her name was Marilyn. That's not the point. The point is, is that a great leader, a great leader has humility. A great leader recognizes they're nothing without God. See, if I looked at myself thinking I'm something, I would have never put out of that girl. But because I saw myself as the two, not the ten. I'm not great, but he's great in me. And I can tell you story after story after story after story. You know, when Jesse went to heaven, he saw John F. Kennedy there. And he said, to, he said to the angel, he said, he's here? Because he knew he was not a very uh, godly man in every respect. And the angel said, the Lord God is merciful. My, that don't mean you run around now. You just live right. But I'm telling you, there'll be people that you don't expect there. The Church of Satan founder who wrote the Satanic Bible, Anton LaVey, an angel appeared to him. He got born again on his deathbed. You will see him in heaven. And yet some grannies on the street that bake pie for people but reject the blood of Jesus, you won't see them. You have to have the blood. Don't matter what you've done. You don't matter. Rahab had done a lot of things. But that, that red cord symbolized the blood. Heavenly Father, I thank you that we are not blind leading the blind. We are not blind following the blind. We are following leaders and we're in a local church that has sight, that sees the way you see it, speaks the way you say it, and does what you say. To the best of our abilities, we're far from perfect, but we at least recognize that, Lord, in and of ourselves, we're grasshoppers, but because we're in you, we can do great things. Their bread is the, they are bread for us. Their defense is departed. We are well able to take this land. Lord, it matters what we say. It matters how we speak. Our words separate us from the world. If we talk like you, we're going to stand out. And we cannot blend. Those ten blended, but the two stood out. Father, let this congregation this week, as they're in the world, but they're not of it, but they're in it. As they mingle with these folks this week, let them stand out. Let their words be different. Let them not blend. Let them be bold. Let them win people to Jesus. Let them have a, a word and season to help the oppressed. A word of encouragement to help the ones who are downtrodden. Give them compassion for the lost. Let us remember that we're nothing in ourselves, but in you we can accomplish anything. And we give you praise in Jesus' precious name.